Welcome back to Subject to Change. I'm Stephen Lentz, and today I'm talking with Merit Khan, the CEO of Select Sales. And that's, I mean, just the tip of the iceberg at night. She's also a stand-up comic or comedian. Is there, is there a right way to say that? Is it, is comic correct? Comic's fine. Comedian's fine. I like comedian. It has a nice ring to it. <laughs> it is better. You're right. I'm, <laughs> my apologies. So how did, I mean, I have a lot of questions about that, but let's jump back. Have you always wanted to do comedy or is that something that is kind of like post-business just fulfills yourself? You know, it's, I, I think I was always one of those people that like to perform. I was always in the school plays and all the things. So being in front of people was never an issue. And actually I started studying stand-up comedy in 2014 and it was really to be better in my business. I, I do a lot of keynote talks. So I would be that person opening the conference and having this motivating, inspiring, you know, energetic message that's humorous, but I wanted to be more funny. I wanted to be more <laughs> deliberately funny, I, uh, I should say. And so I, I really wanted to learn how to, how a comedian crafts a, a good set. And I wanted to bring that to my keynote speeches, which would help me, you know, do better programs for my clients. And that's kind of how it started. And then I, I got hooked. I loved it. That's really, that's very interesting. Do you feel like there is a certain framework that you approach from the comedian side when it comes to crafting a business message? You know, it's, it's really interesting because uh, I've been doing a lot, I've been doing business programs for a lot longer than I've been doing um, stand-up comedy, but the process to mine your life for the stories that you want to share from either stage, a business mm -hmm. stage or a, a comedian stage, a, you know, a, a club stage is, is really the, a very similar process. And so I think about, um, you know, it, when I do a business program, as an example, my focus is always sales, right? So I'm teaching people how to be more influential, how to, how to sell more, how to stress less about it, all of that. And so every time I have an opportunity to be a buyer and on the receiving end of a sales transaction, I'm really observant what I liked, what I didn't, what worked, what didn't. And then that we, those stories and examples find their way into my keynote programs because audiences can relate to those same kinds of experiences. And it's, so it's really, I've learned to journal and write and, and think and craft stories around actual experiences. And then on the, on the comedy side, it's very much the same. Like I, I oftentimes look at myself as sort of a third party kind of going through an experience. So it could be anything. It could be, you know, like going on a date or buying coffee. And I'm aware of like this funny thing or this unusual thing that happened. And I might just jot a note and then I'll ask myself, well, what's funny about that? What's embarrassing about that? What's unusual about that? Like, you know, and, and you just mine it for the comedy and then it turns into a joke. <laughs> That's fair. Do you, do you have like a, a go-to joke that you tell at parties or anything like that? Or is it kind of always just evolving? Depends on the kind of party I'm going to. Um, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, sometimes I have, I have, I, I don't know. That That's a good question. Do I have that go-to joke? I mean, uh, not, not to put you on the spot, like I'm a dad. I have terrible dad humor as a seven-year-old and a five-year-old. And so my jokes all revolve around the stuff like, why were all the little strawberries upset? 
you know, because they're in a jam. It's like, it's just terrible, but it's, you know, it's my go-to, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I don't have any dad jokes because I'm not a dad. Uh, my jokes, I mean, my comedy is more in the line along the lines of, you know, personal experiences. So when I was going through a difficult divorce, the, you know, comedy actually helped me get through that by finding deliberately like going out and hunting down what is funny about this because otherwise I am really stressed about this and then it was you know dating like dating after being married for almost 20 years was a whole lot of funny experiences there so there's lots of comedy around that and then there's comedy around being a single parent of a teenage boy and you know so it's you know just it the, the humor, I think, finds me, but I can also find humor in like current events, right? So here's an example. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Did you know, actually, that um, Vladimir Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, used to be a comedian? Did you know that? I feel like I read that like a couple weeks ago, but I, I mean, I would not have been able to just throw that out there if you'd asked me that what he previously true. had done. That is true. So when I heard that probably around the same time, it struck me as funny, like, huh? Okay. So what you're saying is that to this, this week I'm on stage doing my stand-up set and a few years from now, I might be the leader of the free world. Like that's <laughs> crazy. You know? So it's like, that's, there's something funny there. And so actually to, to take that even the next step further, cause it's why not, um, his act was, uh, you can Google this, it's on YouTube. It's, I'm not making this up. He actually played the piano with a particular body part. And so as a mom, I'm thinking, you know, my, <laughs> my, my son's going off to college and I'm not really sure what to advise him to study. Like what will really help shape his future? Mm. Personal finance, creative writing, introduction to playing the piano with your penis. I mean, like, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm just not sure anymore. So sometimes it's, you know, humor in current events. That's awesome. So <laughs> I am curious though, how did you, cause you'd mentioned that's 2014 and before this the CEO of select sales. So how did you get into selling? I think I was always, it was never really a question of what I was going to do with my life. It was really more a question of what was I going to sell. Um, I just come from a, you know, like some kids grow up in a family of doctors or lawyers. My family was all salespeople. We had a used car lot. My grandma sold Avon. My dad sold advertising. My mom sold real estate. So it was kind of obvious that I was going to sell something. And uh, I started in the advertising business and then I, had enrolled myself in a sales training program because I wanted to be the best I could be and um, really successful in that field. And the radio station was being sold. And so I kind of looked around like, what else do I want to do? And I was like, oh, you know, those classes that I'm taking as a participant, I think I could, I think I could probably do that. And it really fit all of the things that I was naturally good at growing up, which was, you know, performing and leading and being in front of people. And so it was just a, that part of it was very easy and natural for me. And it was just a matter of learning, you know, different, you know, how to communicate and how to train and how to have people help people have learning experiences. And it was, it was easy. So fun. So did you buy a, a radio station? Is that, did I connect those dots together correctly? Or was that, 
Uh, no, I did not buy a radio station. I was a, I was a general sales manager for a radio station in Chicago. And um, in that capacity, my role was to coach and develop and train the sales team that we had, but also, um, you know, managing the, the logistics, like the radio stuff, right? So taking, keeping track of our ratings and our numbers and all these things. And at one point I realized like, mm, everything I like about my job has to do with coaching, inspiring and training and hiring and all of that. And pretty much very little of it had to do with anything radio specific. So I left the radio business and then opened up a sales training company. And that was in 1998. Um, I took over as, uh, so I had my own methodology and, and process, and that was great for a number of years. And decades. And then I, uh, I took over as CEO for Select Sales Development um, a couple years ago. And that was really a great opportunity. It was sort of coincidental with the timing of it with the, the pandemic it was really when I started in that role. And so it was a great sort of moment in time where everything sort of pressed pause. And I really got to look at all of the training and material and everything that I had had over a number of years and some of the stuff that, you know, came with that, um, with the select brand. And I really threw out all of the things that were kind of old school, didn't apply anymore. Like no one's doing this at, that way anymore. And I really freshened up the whole methodology and, um, you know, made every little bit of content really audition to get back into the, the final program. So that's where we're at today. That's amazing. So when you created your own business after the radio show, how did you, did you shutter it and just close it or did you sell it or did it get incorporated into Slack sales? What happened with your business? Yeah, I think everything sort of got incorporated into select sales. I mean, it, it was it was more of a sole proprietorship where it was me doing, you know, I was either keynoting at a conference or delivering the sales training and coaching. And now we have a team of trainers and coaches. We're licensing our material to different um, places. And so it's more of an organization and less about merit. And, you know, so now there'll be something you know, worth selling in the future, but I'm not, I'm not quitting anytime soon. That's amazing. So how did you get into being the CEO of Slack Sales and did they, did they headhunt you or did you reach out to them or how did that come about? I actually had a, a relationship with the founder of um, Select Sales. Uh, Amy Harden was a dear friend of mine who unfortunately passed away way too young. And because I was, um, we had a close, uh, you know, professional friendship for so many years, I was very familiar with her process. We kind of learned in the same, uh, at the same time from the same methodology. And so our our thoughts about sales and, and how to coach and, and do our business model was very similar. So it was a, it was a pretty natural fit um, to, to take over in that role and keep her legacy alive with her brand and just take sort of the best pieces of my methodology and along for the ride, but to, to put my brand to rest and to, you know, pick up where she left off and see where we, how far we could take it. That's very cool. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much, it's been an honor. So it's nice. That's pretty cool. How, how big is select sales? Big in terms of? Like personnel count and uh, international reach, I should say. 
Um, you know, we're pretty much focused in the U.S. right now. We've done some business in the U.K. and Canada, but um, there's enough business right here in our backyard that we don't have to travel the, the high seas to, to get new clients. And we keep it very tight. Um, so we have a marketing arm of our, of our relationship. And um, so we have access to, so there wouldn't technically be employees of Select, but there are partners. So we've got a, a whole marketing team. And then we've got um, three primary coaches uh, who lead all of our training programs um, in different areas of the country. And then we've got some support staff and, uh, you know, assistants and things like that. That's very cool. So when someone wants to work with Select Sales, do, you, do one of those coaches come out to them or is it all via Zoom and remote? How does that work? Well, right now we're still really very much in embracing the virtual model because we do have clients that are so, you know, outside. We used to be, you know, we would deliver training in, in Austin or in Denver and those were the primary offices. And then, um, you know, with the pandemic, it's it's really opened it up and and people have now been requesting more virtual um, training uh, delivery models and less in person because they're, they've got, excuse me, they've kind of gotten used to no drive time and, and all of that. And, and we've learned good ways of operating effectively in a virtual arena, as opposed to just, you know, a talking head all the time. There's interactive things that we do to keep it fun. And um, I think it gives us a lot more client time because we can go back to back to back with our clients and offer them a lot more coaching than we could if it was just, you know, us going to them or them coming to our office. So we're, we're liking it. I don't imagine we would abandon the virtual model anytime soon. That's very cool. When it comes to the coaching in your clients, is it mostly the actual sales reps that you teach or is it kind of the management of how to structure the sales teams themselves or what, what kind uh -huh. of is the, the products that you offer? That's a great question. So often it's the uh, owner or the director of sales that brings us in, mm -hmm. depending on how. The, so the first thing that we'll do is what we call our SWOT analysis. And we're really looking for the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. But we're looking specifically at the sales uh, department. And so we're looking at you know, the, the people that you have, the structure that you have, it kind of comes into four areas. So it's strategy, structure, staff, and skills. And so we're evaluating at a high level, where are all the places where we can help you identify your blind spots, plug those gaps, and then bring you, help you grow. So the very first thing is this analysis of you know, well, let's talk through your sales structures, everything from the technology you use that that impacts sales, your your CRM, your outbound marketing strategies, all of the things. Mm -hmm. And then there's, you know, staffing, like, do you have enough people? Do you have the right people in the right seats, as they say? Um, you know, there's there's the the overall strategy is is actually the first place that we start with, which, you know, what are your goals? Are you are your goals to grow through um, doing more business with existing clients? Are you going after new business? Are you opening up new markets? Are you, do you have an acquisition strategy? So we need to understand the strategy, the structures that support that strategy. Do you have the right people in place to support that strategy? And then we get back to basics, fundamentals of sales skills. And so that could be working with the sales manager on specific management related issues or sales specific skills. Like, what are you saying? 
you know, what beliefs do you have about sales that supports or sabotages you? What are your action plans? All those kinds of things you would expect. That's phenomenal. And when clients are reaching out to you, what kind of is your ideal target market there? Is that, you know, one to 50 million in revenue or is it a certain size of corporation? Uh, you know, it, it's interesting. Um, you know, I, I've got multi, I've got international brands that I've trained and, you know, multi-millions of dollars in revenue, um, very large sales forces where I'm working with a select group within that structure. I would say our, our sweet spot is probably um, that slightly smaller organization, like maybe you've got 10 people in the sales department and you've got one sales manager. Um, you've got a lot of growth potential. You're in a consultative arena where what you sell is complex, creative, um, or I mean, those are those are the main things. Really complex or creative, and really require a consultation as opposed to click here, buy now. You know, get twenty widgets delivered by Friday. <laughs> Like that's not, <laughs> I can't help you. Like that's not what we do. Um, but I, I think that like, as an example, two of my uh, bigger clients right now, one is a um, manufacturing engineering company out of Illinois. They are very good at what they do. Re world renowned for bearings and shafting and, and things of that nature. And so they brought me in because they really didn't have a, a structured sales process. So one guy was set and the outside sales team was selling this way and someone on inside sales was selling this other way and they weren't communicating well together. And so we had to bring in some consistent language and process and that really helped them smooth out their, their structure. And they had record sales years just with having a couple of slight little shifts, if I'm honest. Um, then I have another company that where I'm just working with the leadership team, again, nationwide company, multi-millions of dollars, um, 60, uh, people, sorry, 50 uh, people on their leadership team. Mm -hmm. And I did emotional intelligence uh, assessments on all of their leaders to help determine how can they better lead in a remote um, environment? Because that that was a whole, yeah. whole different ballgame, right? So mm -hmm. Um, how do you deal with the stress? How do you bring, how do you help other people deal with those kinds of things? And so that was a very different project, but still very much sales related and ultimate goal was to drive business. I love it. I love that you take a more holistic approach to it. Mm. It's more than just do these things to increase these KPIs, but a yeah. actual fundamental personal level of how do you elevate your business and your people? I think that's very yeah. cool. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's anybody can, can learn the mechanics of selling, right? What to say. Uh, okay. Not, not that hard, but <laughs> if you, well, maybe, maybe that for me, just that's the water I swim in, but, um, but that's not the, the whole part. That's it's not the whole picture, you know, really it's bookended by having strong mindset and being in consistent motion in the right ways. So when we work with clients, whether it's a large international organization or an entrepreneur who just really, they're doing everything, they're getting the work, they're delivering the work, they're overwhelmed, they're overworked. And, and we can put them in group programs where they're with like-minded people, all learning the same kinds of skills, but everybody just wants 
business should be easier to get than it is. And if that's where you're at, then we can probably help. And we help with the framework of, we call it the open for business framework, because Mm -hmm. if you really want to be open for business, it takes more than just knowing what to say or being open to transact business. It's a, it's a mindset, it's an attitude. And so we look at mindset, what you think, mechanics, what you say, motion, what you do. And when we look at it holistically, to use your word, uh, it really paints the picture of what is the strength that you have? Like, if you know you're great in sales conversations, you're more likely to have more of them because you know you're good at it, feels good. So you're going to have a strong mindset. If you are not confident, then you are going to have to do more action more activity because you're not so good at it. So you have to throw more stuff against the wall if you want more to shake out on the other end of your sales pipeline. But if you start with a strong belief, like more is possible and I got this and I have a growth mindset, then you're open to learning more and doing more. And so you really need to work on all three of those pieces of the puzzle. I love that. So on average, how long do clients work with you for? I like to let people know up front that uh, two things. Number one, um, you should only work with us for as long as the investment that you're making is less than the value you're receiving. So if that gets out of whack, then you should, we should part ways. Um, having said that, I also strongly believe that the people that I've seen had the most success, they're very clear about what their typical sales cycle is. If you're in a very complex business, it may be a six month or a one year sales cycle. You, uh, if you're in less complicated industry, it could be a three month sales cycle. So I like to prepare people in your mind. Think about having a coach ride shotgun with you um, on multiple sales opportunities, mm-hmm. at multiple stages of the sales process. So if you got nothing else from me out of this conversation, if you are going to hire a coach, whether it's me or anyone else, imagine having them in your back pocket for three complete sales cycles. That gives you enough at-bats at different phases of the sales process for you to have the questions and the learning and the practice to have the lessons that you've learned really stick so that you can see some uh, results on the other end. I think that's brilliant. And especially like, I feel like a lot of people, when they get training or they get any sort of product, they expect results immediately and change takes time. It can, I mean, some things can, can change on a dime, right. And some things take a little bit more time, but that's why I've always believed that, you know, I could tell you that, you know, and you, you'll see this all over online, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, there's the six weeks to this and the 12 weeks to that. And, and that's fine, but that's the time it takes to go through the material. I want to I want to be a partner with my clients for the time that it takes them to get the result. Yes. And that's where I want to orient their thinking around, you know, three typically three sales cycles. Now if you're newer to sales, maybe you want more spins around that dial, but I I also feel very strongly that I don't want lifelong clients. I want you to appreciate the value of our relationship for your entire career, but I want to coach you off of me 
pretty much as quickly as possible, which, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> just makes life a little harder that we're always, you know, on the lookout for new business. But most of my clients have replaced themselves with other other clients by introducing us because they've had good experiences and good results. It's very easy to make an introduction and everybody knows somebody that wants to do more business than they are. I'm the easiest person in the world to refer. <laughs> so, you know, that well, I think it's, I think it's important what you said there too, about wanting to get rid of them as quickly as possible. And that like, that is the ultimate parental outlook, right? Like I want you to become self-sufficient and healthy on your own to be able to thrive in the world. Like my goal is to make someone who is capable of surviving and thriving. Yes. Yeah. Like, (laughs) and I think for anyone who's listening and thinking about like, should I get coaching? Like if their goal is to keep you forever, that is a big red flag. Like (laughs) find someone who wants you to be the best version of yourself and your team to be able to be self-sufficient. Exactly. That's, that's who exactly. you need to work with. And to have offers, you know, the, a good coach has offers that really meet their clients where they are. So mm-hmm. it's not like, you know, it's a one-year program and then you're on your own. Uh, uh, well, you know, like then what? Um, so I think, I think, you know, a coaching relationship should change. And so over time, because in the very beginning, I want you to get the result as quickly as possible. I'm going to give you a little bit less theory and a lot more tactical. And at some point after, you know, I, I know when to, what I'm listening for as a coach mm-hmm. um, with more than 20 years of experience doing this, uh, I know what I'm listening for, what the cues are so that I can start to wean you off of me. And, and it's pretty simple, really. It's I find myself saying some version of, you know, before I tell you what I would recommend in this situation, what's your plan? What are you, what would you do? What do you think I'm going to say based on the work we've done together to this point? What's your, what's your next move? And, and now I'm listening for if they nailed it, like if that's exactly what I would have coached them to do. Now I know we're in that phase where I'm going to, teach them more about the philosophy behind why the strategies and tactics that I'm teaching them will work. And once they understand that married with the, that automatic, like this is my go-to move. Now I know you're, you're done. And there have been times when I've said, um, I think you've outgrown me. I think, I think <laughs> I've done what I needed to do um, mm-hmm. to get you to this point in your business. And, you know, you need, you know, maybe it's time to do something else, go get some other types of coaching or training, but, um, you know, always welcome to check back in with me. Some clients I have on a quarterly sort of, um, check-in accountability structure basis, but it's not the daily weekly type of relationship anymore. And then that's great. That's all. Have you ever considered getting a little, uh, what would merit say bracelets to pass out to your clients? <laughs> I haven't I haven't but we're building a whole store of swag because I talk a lot and I'm my my most popular keynote program for conferences associations corporate meetings sales kickoffs is um the four magic words that transform sales and so uh for you know if you're listening to us you can't see in my background but I have in my office a pillow that's always behind me. It's always in my, you know, virtual meeting screen. And it reminds me 
um, the four magic words, but it's also teleporting them to my prospects and clients in the same, in the same moment. And I think what's great about these words is, well, I'll say it this way. The first step to a closed deal is always an open mind. So the question then becomes, if I want you to be open to hearing my offers, my solutions, my, uh, my services, my products, I have to first prepare your mind to receive that information. And simply it comes down to four words. Are you open to? When you ask that question, it's very hard to say no to that, whatever follows it. If I were to ask you, are you interested in hearing all about our programs? Kind of easy to say no to that. Like, no, not interested. Thanks. <laughs> you know, it doesn't impact you as a human being. But if I say, are you open to hearing about some of the solutions that we offer to help people in your same situation? It's kind of hard to say no to that. Because if you say no, you're not open, that's a little bit of a hit to your identity as a human yeah. being. That's brilliant. So thank you. I love that. I, I feel like I need to get my some, are you open swag? So it's <laughs> yeah, so are you, so yeah, that's why I brought it up because we actually were building a store um, with some swag. So we'll have, I, I, my vision was always a coffee mug that has, are you open to on both sides? So that when you're drinking it, it reminds you, am I open to hearing what they have to say? And it also reminds the other person, are you open to hearing what I have to say? Um, so there'll be coffee mugs, there'll be pillowcases, there'll be all kinds of, are you open to swag? That's awesome. And for everyone, right before we started this, Merritt just pulled a huge power move on me. And speaking of coffee mug, just surreptitiously just drank a little bit and it's, are you going to show it right now? Please do, please do. Yeah, just boom, there's her name. <laughs> you don't have your own name on a mug. That's right. Stop now, stop the recording, run immediately to uh, Etsy and buy your own name mug. I felt like the next words out of your mouth were going to be something along the lines of, allow me to welcome yourself to your own podcast. Like, <laughs> just take control. But yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. So Mara, where would someone find you or select sales? Uh, the best place to start is go to my website, which is my name, MeritCon.com. So it's M-E-R-I-T-K-A-H-N. And if you, uh, from there, that's home base, there'll be a training uh, little tab at the top, and that'll take you to the select sales uh, company website with all of our training offers and some different things about that. And it'll, on the MeritCon site, you can learn about some of the programs I do for events and conferences and things like that. Um, if you, the super secret uh, link is MeritCon.com forward slash podcast. If you go there, you'll get a free download that where I put some more information, a little more detail about this open for business framework that I briefly mentioned as well as the SWOT online analysis. So this is a really unique thing that we do. Uh, we will not be able to do this forever, but for right now, we are still managing it. Um, you, it'll take you to a, um, an online assessment and it'll help you really determine what's the right place for you to focus. Is it mindset, mechanics, or motion to really make a difference in your sales? And instead of a boilerplate, you know, res automated response. We literally have one of our certified trainers go through every single uh, survey that we get back 
and do a video analysis of our 100% personal feedback. And so it's not salesy. It really is. Let us give to you first and help point you in the right direction. And if you decide to select to have a next step with us, we'll have a conversation about how we might work with you in these areas. But uh, if you never get to that point, you'll get a lot of value from it. We will not always be able to do that 100% personal delivery. So for the time being, you should definitely take me up on that. That's, that, that's, a, that's a very, very cool offer. Thank that's, you. Yeah. I mean, just mind blown. I'll make sure to grab that link for the show notes too. So that way people can find it. Right. Um, I had a question and it was really good and I totally forget. So I'm just going to move past, but yeah. <laughs> um, before before it's over, is there anything that you had wished that I had asked you or that you really wanted to hammer home again? Oh, I do remember what it was. So before we answer that, yeah. All right. Right. For everyone who's listening, what would you say are the key aha moments of this is someone I need to talk to? Like, what is the problem that they have in their minds that they're dealing with right now that says, this is the solution to my, my problem that I have? I would say the... If you are frustrated because the sales cycle seems to be longer maybe than it used to be or than it should be, or if you feel like your sales team or you personally are constantly being beat up for lower pricing, um, if people aren't really understood, or, you know, I think the other big thing right now is that people have honestly just gotten into some bad habits, right? We just have, it's been two years, things are starting, you know, they're opened up again, but we've just gotten sloppy with our sales. And if you feel like, I just don't know, I just need a kickstart. That's a good, that's a good place to start too. All I need is somebody with an open mind. And I promise you there's, there's things you can do to learn and grow and that don't necessarily have to take a long time or be difficult. They could be fun. I, I bring my comedy to my training, so I promise you'll have a good time. Awesome. And so then going back to the previous question, is there anything that you wish I'd asked you or that you want to revisit before we wrapped up today? Uh, I mean, we talked a little bit about comedy in the beginning and I, I just feel like there's a lot of, uh, connection between sales and comedy. And I, I, I just like to make sure that people know, like, listen, it doesn't have to be difficult. You know, there's a, an expression that many people have heard, which is, you know, tragedy plus time equals comedy. And my <laughs> on that is, That's good. <laughs> yeah, tragedy plus time equals comedy. I'll give you that. But it, no one said it had to take a long time. I was going to say from the fire department, tragedy equals comedy, like at some point, because there'd be a call and then get back to the station. They'd say something, guys would be like, dude, too soon. Like, it's, it's not for me. Like, (laughs) coping mechanism. (laughs) You know, I just think lighten up, right? It's, it's just business and, you know, it doesn't have to be so serious. Let's have a little fun learn some things along the way, the lighter you can be with yourself, the lighter you can be with your prospects and clients. That's really kind of what people need right now. A little, a little levity, I think would do us all a little bit of good. Awesome. And Merritt, where do you, where do you do your comedy? Is there a place where people can find you to be like, I want to see this lady in action on stage? 
Uh, thanks for asking that. Well, if you're in the Denver area, you'll find me on some stages. I did uh, comedy works uh, a couple weeks ago and I bounce around to some other different venues out uh, in my local area. I also am take, I wrote a one woman inspiring comedy show. I took all the ups and downs of my life. I rewrote my own life story through the lens of a comedian. And it's, it's not really just my story. It's everybody's story. And I make it relatable that um, the audience can put themselves in the story. And so I'm very excited. I will be touring that um, in 2023, but we're kicking off the tour in Denver in November 11th and 12th. Um, that's another reason to go to that meritcon.com slash podcast page. Because if you give me your information, that's those will be the first people who get to know uh, when the comedy show is touring and uh, if we'll be in a city near you. That's amazing. Do you know about how many stops you're going to do? Or is it all the way across country? Or I We haven't made I dotted I's and crossed T's just <laughs> yet. Um, but just based on where I have some of my own personal networks, um, we'll probably stop in Chicago, New York, and Florida. That's so cool. Thanks. So is, is, do you have any passion projects within uh, the sales platform itself, or is it mostly the, the comedy now that you're really putting that, that into? On the, on the sales side, um, we're really building out um, uh, the, our digital library of products and, and some other free resources. So stay tuned for that. Uh, we were, uh, yeah, that's all I'll say about that right now. <laughs> that's fair. Awesome. Well, Merritt, again, thank you so much for being on here. Thoroughly enjoyed having you and learned a lot. You dropped some great nuggets. And for everyone else, thank you for listening to Subject to Change.